We'll go ahead and begin our post-race press conference for the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, joined now by our third-place finisher, Joseph Newgarden, driving the number two hum by Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet here. Joseph finished third in today's race, his best Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach finish in six starts. Joseph, it was a, a, a hectic and an unpredictable Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach this year. Take us through your day. Yeah, I think it you know got a lot more mixed up with the strategies today. Um, you know, Dixon and me were on something different than um, the front guys. You know, uh, Hunter Ray, uh, Hinch, uh, Rossi. So I thought that added a dynamic that was more fun than last year. Everyone was kind of on the same strategy last year, which just let it play out to to not much action, unfortunately. So this year it was a lot a lot more mixed up. I seem I feel like there was more passing. I did more way more passing than I've done around here in a couple of years. So. Um, I thought it was an exciting race, but for, for us on, on Team Penske, it was, it was a good day in the, the hum car by Verizon. I thought, you know, we had, a, we had a strong car underneath us all day. I felt good about it in warm-up. Um, I actually felt like, we, you know, we had a car that was capable of challenging for the win if, if everything just fell correctly. You know, our strategy didn't really play out towards the end with that last yellow. It just allowed everyone to um, catch up on fuel a little bit. And so then we were just on the same strategy at the end fuel-wise. So, you know, our, our strategy um, of trying to run those guys down at the end and be fast, it wasn't really able to play out, which is um, unfortunate, but that's, you know, that's how racing goes. you got to choose one strategy and hope it plays out for you the right way. And, you know, today it got us close, and a third place is something we can roll with and, and take the bar we're now trying to get a win. And speaking of that momentum, a, a top-10 finish in St. Petersburg followed up by a podium finish here. How great has it has been to start – your first season with a new team with that sort of momentum? Well, it's always good. You know, to, I think in IndyCar, um, you, have to be, you have to be on it all the time. Um, you, got, you have to have consistency to be a, a challenger for the championship. Um, you know, you have to have momentum to keep uh, the spirits up and, and everything rolling in the right direction. And, you know, for me to, to start the year off um, with, the, with the number two guys, with the, the Hum Verizon car, it's, it's, it's nice to just have some consistency to start with. Uh, a top 10 was, was good at, at St. Pete, and, uh, you know, podium now here is, is just another strong step for us, and I think the, the next thing we need to do is try and hunt down a win. And um, hopefully we can do that sooner than later, and I, I feel like we're going to have some, some good speed at the next couple tracks that we go to. So we just got to keep our heads down, you know, keep consistent. That's going to be our key for the year, like, like it always is in this series, and hopefully uh, we can prevail with some, some good points all year long. Joined now by Sebastian Bourdais, who finished second in today's Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach, driving the number 18 Dale Coin Racing Honda. Sebastian, what a start to the season for you as well. It's, it's also your best finish here at Long Beach since your win in 2007. Um, obviously, uh, your 54th career podium, uh, one behind Will Power for 18th place all time on the podium list. Take us through your day and, uh, and your general feelings just following up a, a win with a second place finish here and in such a special place. You got 15 minutes? <laughs> we do. We actually do. <laughs> it's been do. a long day. <laughs> uh, well, it's just, you know, first off, just, uh, you know, uh, congrats to James. He's, uh, he's obviously had a great weekend, drove a great race. Uh, and and uh, Joseph as well, um, but uh, for us it's been uh, it's been a really strange weekend. We unloaded pretty good, and and we're really uh, um, reluctant to make big changes to the setup. Um, at least the car didn't feel great, but it, it looked quick. Uh, so it's always kind of that moment where you're like, man, I, <laughs> it doesn't feel right, but I'm not quite sure I want to change it. And uh, and we tried to stick with it, and and it, you know it lost space through the weekend and. And I, you know, I didn't lead the team in the right direction, I guess, when, when it was the right moment. And so we, we tried something this morning that was worse. So we kind of always felt a bit of uh, off sequence and, and, and out of pace. Um, 
And so we qualified 12th and really kind of average and, and um, you know, everybody was a bit down and, um, you know, I was mostly responsible for it. So I, I didn't feel great. But at the end of the day, we had a good start. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, a big piece of end plate or end fence or whatever that was flew off and I ducked it. And, uh, but uh, the rear wing couldn't do the same, and so it took pretty much the whole left rear of, of the, the rear wing and the end plate and, and the left rear uh, winglet pod. So, you know, it went yellow, and we were like debating with the pits whether we were going to stop or, or, or not, because obviously we're, at that point we were like, you know, 10th or something. So it's like, man, that really hurts. Um, but we really didn't have a choice. There was too much damage to the car, and so we, we came in, changed the, the whole rear assembly, and, uh, and uh, you know, put on the red tires, and uh, the red Firestone tires, and, uh, and filled the car up. So from there, we had a bit less fuel saving, but not obviously much, and, uh, and we just, uh, you know, decided to stick with our two-stop strategy and, and, and kind of made it work and uh, made steady progress through the race. Um, we're not really, really quick, but we played our strengths and, and saved a bunch of fuel and, uh, and still kind of maintain a half decent pace. And, uh, you know, it was looking pretty good. And then obviously it got better and better as, you know, stuff happened in front of us where Rossi had an engine issue and, um, and, you know, it looked like uh, Ryan's car shut off, shut, shut off or something. So I, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but, uh, you know, we, uh, we definitely feel like we've got things, uh, coming our way and, uh, we held our own in the, in the restarts at the end there and then uh, scored an podium for uh, the Alcon Racing and Honda and so really couldn't be any happier for the, for the guys. It's, uh, it's a great start of the season. We were, we were sticking the car and staying in front of in the standings. So we've had worse days, let's put it that way. Questions for Sebastian and Joseph. Joey, we'll start with you and then on to Bruce. Mike, right behind you. Joey Barnes, IndyCar.com. Uh, Seb, two, uh, two top ten finishes for not only you, but also your teammate. Looks like y'all are starting to build something special over there at Dale Coyne. Can you just talk a little bit about that and, and what y'all are doing inside the program a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I obviously I haven't seen what uh, Ed's race looked like, um, but I think he, he went for the three-stopper. Uh, at least that was the, that was the intention uh, at the beginning. Uh, and obviously he drove a great race, uh, finishing six. Uh, I, I have no idea how he... You know, did it, but he did. He did a good job again. Uh, he's, he's a really solid driver. And really uh, makes no mistakes, and uh, and he's you know he's up there. So uh, really adds off to him. And um, you know, as far as the program's concerned, obviously brought uh, Craig Hampson and, and Olivier Boisson, my engineer from KV, uh, last year and for the last three years. And uh, it's it's a really good chemistry. There's a, you know, it's it's all coming on top of what was already existing at KV at uh, Dial Coin Racing. And um, you know, really just kind of getting accustomed, as far as I'm concerned, to the uh, Honda Aero kit, and, and the engine is, is really working well for us. I mean, that you know, the, the fuel saving we could achieve today with the performance we had on the Honda was uh, was quite an amazing. And uh, you know, they definitely stepped their, stepped up their game, and uh, and it's really working for us. So, uh, you know, really very happy for everybody involved. Bruce and then Lewis. By nature, auto racing is a pretty selfish sport. You're out there, you, you believe you're the best, you want to beat the best, but as a competitor, how do you feel when you look back and see what James was able to do today to come all the way back from where he was? For both? Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, 
I, I think it speaks for itself. You know, I mean, we can we can attest to it, but everyone knows James's story from Indianapolis. It's a, you know, it's a it's an amazing story. You know, nothing less than amazing. So I think for him, it's um, it's a it's a huge credit to you know what type of racer he is. I mean, I think he's you know he's a he's a diehard racer. You know, through and through. And so no one can really question that ever, I think, with, with James. He always is, is going to be known for that after, after everything that he went through at Indianapolis. And same thing for his team. I think he's got an amazing group behind him. Um, I know part of those guys for having worked with him in 2011, and they're just an amazing team that he works with. So, um, you know, it's an awesome story. Congrats to him. Like Sebastian said, he had an awesome day today. So uh, happy for him and, the, and his team. And, um, you know, like I said, I think it just it speaks to the, to the racer that he is. And, you know, James has a lot of show about him, and, and he's, he's a fun, entertaining guy, great to be around. But, you know, at the end of everything, he, he's here because he loves driving race cars. And I think he, you know, he's proved that time and time again, and he doesn't ever, ever really have to prove that again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, I can't even come close to pretending that I know what he went through. But, you know, it's, you know his, his passion and his, uh, his drive to come back and, and to come back, you know, better than he was, I think, um, you know, he's, he's just a testimony to obviously his passion and, and how much he, he wants this, you know, he wants it real bad. And uh, he's a fierce competitor. And, uh, yeah, I, I just got a lot of admiration for him. I don't know. Nobody knows how you would... Um, react to obviously almost dying in a race car, whether you'd want to go again in the car, whether you'd stop, whether you'd be stronger, whether anything. But I think until it happens to you, you, you can't know how you're going to react. And he's definitely, uh, he's definitely come uh, stronger and eager to, to show what he could do than, than before and than anybody. So it's, it's great to see him do so well. Lewis? Um, Lewis Frank, for Reuters. For Joseph, um, you kind of addressed this. I think you did a 107 during the race, maybe the fast lap. Was it due, due to the traffic? Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I think we were, where we were strong was saving fuel and going fast. I think we, I don't know, I have to look back, but I felt like we were the quickest car, was saving a ton of fuel and still going quick. Um, we had lost a lot of pace to, to Dixon through some traffic sequence, and then we just closed right back up on him, you know, while saving a ton of fuel. So, um, I thought we had a really quick car. It got a little difficult at the end when, when we got bunched back up and everyone had the same fuel. It was, you know, it was tough for me to get by, by, by Seb and, and certainly you know, to get up to, to James. I think we just struggled when everyone was even. But you know, when, when we had clean air and um, you know, we could just work on our own thing, we had a very fast race car. I mean, it was super quick. So I had no complaints about that. I think the, the speed is just down to the speed of the car. It, it was really good. It was where it needed to be. And you know, having, having come from not, not a great feel on Friday, I wasn't super happy with things on Friday to, to having a great car in, in the race. That's, you know, that's all you can really do is try and work on the thing all weekend and get it where you need to be. And I think, I think we had it there in the race. Larry. And uh, Sebastian and Joseph, you want to comment as well. On that final restart, it looked like uh, you were hanging back just a bit. Um, on the final restart, it looks like maybe not quite as close as you could have been. Did that hurt, or do you think you could have caught uh, Hinch? And then were you concerned at all about Joseph right behind you as well? Yeah, I was, um, you know, quite often the time I'm on restarts, I'm, I just, first of all, try not to make any mistakes and uh, more focused on trying to stay and hold my position rather than trying to make a mess and, and get the guy. Because you never know what's going to happen, you know. You, you try and make a move and sometimes you become a victim of, you know, your, your try and failed attempt or whatever and then you lose a position. So it's, it's, and it's quite easy to do around here, especially on restarts. 
Um, you know, there's not much rubber. You got pickup on your tires. It's very difficult to put power down. So I think everybody was pretty composed and trying to just kind of hold steady and see how it was going to shake out. Um, and you know, it's a tough place to pass, especially when there is no like when it's a straight up fight. Everybody's got kind of same tires, same fuel strategy, and um, and everybody's on the push to pass and whatever. You know, after the restart, so. It really didn't look like there was uh, much to hope for, and, and quite honestly, I was just very happy with where we were at, and uh, and just looking forward to bring it home and, <laughs> and taking the points back. Other questions? I'm sorry, Joseph. Go ahead. Yeah, I would. I would. You know, from from my vantage point, it looked like you know it was two things. It was it was Bordet trying to just finish where he was, and you know, to me, I was kind of doing that to some degree. I wanted to get him, but you know, it's when you when you're in that point in the race, you don't want to do something stupid when you're in a podium position, you kind of done everything you could up to that point, you know, and trying to just get that one last position on two laps to go and doing something stupid to, to take you to the back is, you know, it's not worth the risk sometimes. And, but then on top of that, you had Hinch just go as soon as he could. There was no, there was no get on the straight and like set up and then restart, um, which I don't blame him. You know, if I'm in the lead and there's like two laps to go and he's restarting, just go and as, as soon as you can, you know, there's, there's nothing dirty yeah, about he, what he did today. He so. went into ten, and that was fine. Yeah. And, you know, so you know, you're the leader. You're in charge. I would have done the same thing if I was him, yeah. James. So I think you saw kind of both things. You know, everyone was kind of just trying to keep where they were at. I, I was still pushing hard to get Seb, but you know, being smart about it. And then I think James just tried to get as as early as a launch as he could to protect, and and that's probably what you saw. Other questions? Yes, sir. Keith. Do, Sebastian, do you feel um, that this this year is kind of reminiscent, maybe to 07? Do you feel the same energy and stuff when you last were leading the points in IndyCar? No, no, it's not. I mean, we're still trying to figure things out. We uh, we had a really good car at St. Pete and and felt like you know definitely we could have qualified up there and it showed in the race. We had pace. We we could we could really hold our own and, and do a good job. Uh, this weekend, like I said, it was much more trying, and and you know we went the wrong direction and kind of backpedaled and kind of never really at the right time at the right place. Um, but um, you know it's just a great group of guys. They know me better than anybody else, and uh, you know I kind of that's what I said. I kind of let them down a little bit this weekend. I didn't steer the ship in the right direction, and um, you know it's, you got to learn from that. Um, you know the car is quite different from obviously those days in in champ cars, and there's no. The competition is much higher. You, you know, used to qualify on pole sometimes with half a second or even more than that, and that's just not happening anymore. <laughs> and half a second is difference between pole and and uh, and twelfth place. Um, you know, in Q3 and sometimes less than that uh, in Q2. Sorry. So you know, you, you just got to be really much more detail orientated and and do an even better job. And so, you know, we're we're a smaller group, and you know, it's it's fairly recent. So we're all trying to build something, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, repeat and create some upsets uh, as often as possible. Other questions? Yes, Joey, and then in the back. Uh, Seb, you got a win now, the runner-up. Talk about carrying this momentum into Barber, a place that you haven't quite yet won yet. Yeah, but we've been very fast. <laughs> I've been I've been really fast there. I made a mess of it a couple of times, uh, but uh, definitely uh, it's it's a place I really enjoy. I think everybody enjoys it, but uh, I've, I've really felt you know good over there over the years. Uh, we, we didn't have the greatest test, but I think we we learned from it, uh, and we had a pretty good test at Sonoma. Um, to be honest, I think the characteristic of the car is probably gonna help me more on on, on road course than than street course. I think the street course package we. Were, 
we're still trying to find what I'm really looking for in terms of feel and, and needs. Uh, and and I, you know, I'm sure hoping that when we come back to Barber, we'll be, uh, we'll be stronger than we showed at the test. And um, yeah, really looking forward to this one. It's a, it's a fun place, and, and when you get the car right, it's a lot of fun to drive the car. Yes, sir. Aaron Zarant with the Apex here. Sebastian, I imagine it's not something you're totally knowledgeable about, uh, unless it's a yellow, as while you're in the cockpit, but the Andretti guys are kind of falling like dominoes. So with the same engine behind you, were you worried at all? No, I mean, you never know what's really going to, you know, what's happening. I, I really don't know what happened to to uh, Ryan, but clearly it's not an engine-related issue because it got going again. So <laughs> that's no, not exactly a definition of an engine problem. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously something happened to Alex, um, which is a shame. Um, but, you know, stuff happens. I mean, I think, you know, both manufacturers are pushing their engines really, really hard. It's a straight-up fight, uh, and, um, and, you know, they're, they're leaving nothing behind. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened, but I know I, I trust Honda, and they've really given us a great product. And uh, like I said, you know, it was quick and saving a lot of fuel. So, yeah, they've, they've definitely done a great job. Other questions? Yes, Patrick. Uh, Joseph, did you hear from Tim or uh, Roger after the race, and what are their thoughts on your progression and fitting in with uh, Team Penske? <laughs> Uh, well, I hope they're happy enough so far. I'd like to stay. Um, you have not, a three-race contract? Or? Not ready to get fired yet. Um, so, you know, this is, a, this is all, you never know in IndyCar, right? I've, I, you know, I did, I've never wanted to sign multi-year contracts because I feel like you're never safe in this sport. You get fired at any point. But, um, no, I, you know, I think the, the, the great thing about Roger and Tim is they've been letting me just, you know, kind of, settle into the situation and absorb everything and try and figure out how their operation works and let me kind of, you know, figure out how I need to interact with the teammates, with the engineers. You know, I was hoping it would go pretty quick, and I feel like it is. I actually feel really, really good about, you know, just gelling with the team pretty smoothly. But um, there, there's things that are different. I, this was probably the most eye-opening weekend for me, starting out on Friday, where I just wasn't super happy. Um, and I wasn't happy because I wasn't 100% uh, comfortable with everything with the car and the way that it worked and and that's okay it's just different from what I've experienced in the past so there's going to be some weekends this year I think where I'm uncomfortable and I just have to figure out how to work it out for myself uh, and as soon as you get through that period you, you know I think I'm, we're going to be much stronger on the two car um, but it feels great I mean Roger and Tim they're they're two of the classiest guys I've ever met I mean they're they're so they're so good to you and and when when they tell you something they they mean it you know their word is as good as gold so I trust those guys a lot. I think they've given me a lot of leeway just to uh, figure things out. And, you know, two races in, I'm pretty happy with what we've done. And we just got to continue to keep trying to move the ball forward a little bit. I think if we do that, then we should be situated just fine at the end of the year. You get a bonus when you speak like that? <laughs> yeah, it's in my contract. You know, uh, speak well about Roger and Tim at all times. <laughs> no, they're great. They really are nice to me. Bruce? Sebastian, I think we're overlooking Ed Jones's performance for a rookie second race to be able to finish where he did. That's got to be a great day for Dale Coyne Racing. What do you think of his performance? No, I'm, I'm super happy for the whole team uh, and super happy for Ed because he's a really good kid. I mean, you know, there's nothing I can say that's negative about him. He's, uh, he's very open. He's uh, straightforward, pleasant to work, just, just a good kid. And, you know, he's quick, like I said, he's reliable, doesn't make mistakes. So, you know, I'm really happy for him. I have no idea how they got there, what happened to their race or whatever, whatever. but, you know, 
they, they deserve their results. You know, they, they do a good job, and, and I hope it keeps going like that. I mean, obviously, like, like we talked about many times now already since the start of the season, Dale's made a, a significant contribution to his own program. You know, he's, he's stepped up his game, he's spending a lot of money, and, um, and you know, if, if he can get rewarded for his commitment to the series, um, it's, it's just, it's awesome. Any final questions? Yes. Uh, this is for both of you guys. Can you talk about how the first two races haven't gone to the usual suspects and how competitive it is and what it means for this series that, uh, uh, that you and, and Hinchcliffe have won so far? Well, I don't know if that's... I don't know. I mean, it seems like typical IndyCar to me, but, um, you know, not maybe not as, as bad as you... Well, I don't know that it's bad, but I, I think you could say that Bourdais didn't qualify in St. Pete, so you don't know his qualifying pace there. You know, he started at the back, and we know it. We all know it's very. Ca we're, we're all capable of winning from from last place. So, you know, they did a great job, and you know, who's to say that they wouldn't have qualified right in the top three there? So, um, I don't know if that's a surprise result. You know, it certainly looked that way um, looking at the weekend, but who, who's to know? And then here, I, I think James looked good all weekend. You know, the Hondas look strong. Um, you know, we, we felt good on the Team Chevy side, but the, the Hondas were, were tough to beat. And I think James was good all weekend, so it's not a surprise that they were in a position to capitalize. Um, so I don't know if it's been super shook up, but, you know, to me it's, it's typical IndyCar. Any, anyone can win these races. So you're in the top five or you're fast and you're starting in the back, then you can still win the race from wherever on this grid. Any last questions for Sebastian or Joseph? Gentlemen, thank you very much. Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Welcome back, young man. Hi. Been a couple years, but uh, James Hinchcliffe back in Victory Lane, the fifth time in your career, but it has to seem like it's been a long time. It's uh, a long time both in your personal life and in your professional life, but welcome back to Victory Lane. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot's changed since the last time we were, uh, we were sitting up here and it's just so nice to be back. You know, we came really close last year. Um, you know, a lot of people talked about 2016 as sort of the comeback year. And, you know, personally, we really wanted to, as a team, put an exclamation point on that by getting into Winter Circle. And we came, you know, as, as close as humanly possible in Texas last year and didn't quite get the job done. So we were, you know, sore to, uh, to not win a race last year. And we worked really hard this offseason to just perfect the package that we had. We had good speed at a lot of races last year and to... Uh, to roll off, you know, the first two races of the season, be in the fast six both times, um, you know, if not for a, a caution, falling at the wrong time in St. Pete, probably could have been at least in the top five, if not in the podium there. And uh, and to, to do it here, you know, and finally at this place, a track that I love so much, a track that's been very good to me in my career and, and one that I think is the Indy 500 of, of street tracks. You know, it's, it's the second longest running race after the 500, and I think because of that history, it makes it a very special event, and it's one that every driver wants to win. The greats have all raced here, the greats have all won here, and so for us in the, uh, the number five aero car to get in the winner's circle was, was huge. So the last of your wins came at NOLA Motorsports Park uh, just about uh, a month before your accident in Indianapolis. The poll last year in Indianapolis 
had to feel like a really emotional comeback. Does this feel like a different kind of comeback, a different kind of moment? Yeah, it does. You know, I mean, I mean, last year at Indy the Pole was was a very unique set of circumstances, kind of returning to the scene of the crime, so to speak, and uh, and to do what we did there, and you know what we accomplished as a team all throughout the entire month. But obviously, especially on qualifying day, was huge. And this is this does feel different. You know, I've, I feel like we're back. I feel like we've been back for a while now. But to uh, to finally do what was goal number one when we set out, you know, at the the start of the season, which was get back into winter circle, to do that as early in the season as we have. Um, you know, as convincingly as we did, it was it was a great race. We started row two, got into second place off the start, lost one spot in the first exchange of pit stops, got a couple back in, in the second. So huge huge credit to the Schmidt Peterson Motorsport guys uh, in pit lane and and obviously the car um, to be able to save that much fuel for as long as we were and do that extra lap. I mean, that was that was the move that won us the race and had to fight off some guys on some restarts at the end. You know, when you're done the last stops and up to speed and cruising along the last thing you want to hear is caution and we heard it twice but you know we were able to hold off Ryan on the first and Sebastian on the second if I'm honest my left wing mirror had completely shattered there was nothing in it so you're gonna to have to be pretty brave to try on the inside of turn one because I was turning in whether whether you were there or not um but luckily we didn't have to I, I feel bad for Ryan and, uh, and Alex they had great cars and it was turning into a good race with uh, with the three of us there but uh, like I said just thrilled to be up here you spent a little time in Los Angeles here over the last. Is this okay to come back and do it like this after Dancing with the Stars? Yeah, it's almost my uh, my second American home. You know, we uh, obviously spent a lot of time out here for the show and have been back here a couple times since. Even had some uh, some of my DWTS friends come out to the race and uh, over the weekend, and you know, managed to have dinner in LA with some of them earlier in the week. And it's kind of like my second family out here, so it's kind of cool. Not bad. We'll take some questions. Uh, we'll start here with Tony on the left side. Uh, Hinch, uh, when you think about it, it's not just you that wins, it's the whole team, um, your engineer, your strategist. How much faith did you have in, in your strategist to, that the call to go with the two-stop strategy would be the right one? Because I know you said yesterday you were a little skeptical about the distance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always a, a tough call here, you know, because one caution falling at the, the right time or the right length of you know, laps can, uh, can throw everything for a loop. And, you know, when Dixon dove into the pits there, kind of predicting the yellow coming out for whoever was off in turn eight, you know, Marco. It was, yeah, for Marco, it was, you know, a smart move. I mean, it didn't pay off, but especially after what we saw in St. Pete, you know, they're protecting against that. And, um, and it was kind of a, a, a good idea. And at that point, now you're second guessing, oh man, did we do the wrong thing, you know? And um, luckily it, it played into our favor. And when those cautions fell at the end, I thought, you know, two races in a row, a caution was going to ruin my day, but, uh, but luckily we had the car to hold them off. Bruce? You're pretty tight with Ryan, but when he had his incident to bring out the last yellow, did you mark it off as one less major competitor I got to hold off, or oh no, there's going to be a restart? Oh, no, it, was, it was oh no, there's going to be a restart. You know, I mean, Ryan was on blacks on that last stint. We were on reds, and we were kind of, you know, doing what we could to control the pace and kind of keep the gap to him consistent. Um, I didn't want to burn the Reds out. We hadn't run a new set start to finish to know what they were going to do. So we were kind of just controlling it there. And when Ryan went out, not only was it a restart, now we've got a car with Reds, you know, behind us, guy that won the last race, and he's won here a couple times. So it was uh, definitely not an ideal situation. But, again, um, you know, as Tony said, it's a team effort, and, and the team gave us the car that we needed to today. A follow-up to that, you had uh, two guys behind Sebastian who had new tires in New Garden and Dixon, were you worried about that? Well, yeah, I mean, when the first caution came out and, and they said Dixon was in P5, I'm like, all right, so in seven laps, he'll be leading the race. Uh, you know, just <clears throat> nature of Scott Dixon. Um, you can never you can never count him out. I mean, even calling the wrong strategy at the beginning of the race and he gets himself back up to it. I don't know how he does it, but we'll be looking into that. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I mean, all those guys were a threat. I mean, Pagano was up there at one point until his flat, and uh, there was there was a lot of kind of ebb and flow in this race, but we were sort of the the consistent one there. And um, and like I said, it was being able to run longer on that last stint for one lap that that really gave us the edge. Okay, over here to Lewis. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. James, first off, congratulations on the win. With you winning the pole at Indy last year, now you winning Long Beach, and with the month of May only 30 days away, um, how much how much does this positive momentum get you excited for even that better shot at, at the Indy, an Indy 500 win? Yeah, I mean, we were excited for the month of May, June 1st last year. <laughs> you know, we uh, had a really strong month, obviously, with the GP qualifying and then the 500 itself. And so we knew that with another year to kind of think about it and, and develop the car and uh, with an off season to kind of rub on it and try and make it even a little bit better, we were very confident before the season even started about the month of May and with you know the, the competitiveness that we've shown as a team so far in the first couple rounds, that adds to it, you know, certainly. But we still have two races before we get to the Speedway and the GP. Um, Phoenix, I think, is going to be a struggle. Uh, it's, I know we've seen an improvement from Honda everywhere else so far, but the short ovals were definitely our biggest deficit last year, and uh, I think we've got to go in there with tempered expectations. But the, uh, the resurgence of Honda in general has been super impressive. No reason why we can't be competitive at Barber and then hopefully go into the month of May still running a high. Right side there with Lewis. Two races into the season, and the big three, Andretti, Ganassi, Penske, shut out. How, how does that impact? Well, I think you've answered it with a smile. <laughs> how does that impact teams like, like Schmidt-Peterson, et cetera? You know, it just highlights how competitive the Verizon IndyCar Series is. You know, to have a guy come from last to first and the smallest team on the grid win in, in St. Pete and, you know, a smaller two-car team, you know, winning in, in race two. It just shows, and that same guy finishing second, I mean, it just shows how competitive it is. I mean, the, the big teams, sure, I think they do have an advantage, but it's so tight that any advantage is small. And on race day, one little thing not going your way is going gonna, is gonna to pretty much ruin your day, and you do have to execute perfectly on, on Sundays. And um, that's what I love about this series, is that anybody can win. It's not Formula One. There's not two guys that are going to win every race. You know, it's... Uh, it is truly a championship where you show up to any given round and any given driver in the field could, could leave with the win that day. Left side down here uh, in front. James, uh, you, you've talked several times about how special a win here would be. What about Long Beach is special in your mind? Well, they, they put your face in the ground when you win, <laughs> which is amazing. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that? No, it's, you know, I, I touched on it earlier. It's the history of this place. You know, 43 years running uh, comes second only to the Indy 500 and, and the history behind it, the tradition behind it, the who's who have raced here and won here. And um, it's, it's just a very special place. There's no three-day event that has this kind of fan interaction and, and fan attendance. I mean, this, this race is uh, it's just so well rep represented by the fans. And, and that's who we're here for. You know, so we love coming here and putting on a good show for them because they show up in, you know, the tens of thousands every single year to, to watch us race. Well, Patrick, back here on the left side. Uh, slightly cooler temperatures here than we normally would expect for Long Beach. Uh, did that help? How much did that help the Reds or hurt the Blacks? And did it make any kind of difference in uh, tire performance and strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime the, uh, the track temps are a little cooler, it's going to help the tires in general. Um, that's, that's just physics at this point. And um, I think some guys really excel when the temps go up. Um, I, don't know, I don't know how we would have fared had that been the case. But, you know, luckily our Firestones held on really well. I mean, the blacks were unbelievably consistent. Obviously, the reds were a quicker tire. But 
when we're running around there saving fuel in that second stint pretty hard, I was I was floored at how consistent the uh, the lap times were and how fast they stayed for the amount of fuel that we were saving. It just shows how great our car was, but also how great the Firestones were holding up. We're going really far right here in front. Yeah, Ray Sotero with Gannett. Congratulations, James. Thank you. You're obviously wired and excited. Could you just take a deep breath? You now have five wins, the same number of wins Greg Moore had before he was killed. Can you talk about what that means to you and what role he played in your career? Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, someone had told me after NOLA last year that um, five wins was the number Greg had, the number Jacques Villeneuve had, and I believe the number Petri Carpentier had. So only only PT is higher than that on the list of, of Canadians in IndyCar racing, and uh, to have to have drawn level with those guys is I mean it's it's tough to put into words really. I mean obviously Greg was a huge motivation and, and inspiration to me as a child, and and I followed Jacques' career religiously, and uh, you know when when Pat and, and Greg were teammates, followed Pat very well as well, and um, to now be level with those guys is uh, is incredible. And you know when I when I came into the sport, I felt. Uh, you know, a huge responsibility, to be honest, to keep up the good name that, that Canadian drivers have had in IndyCar. Uh, there haven't been a ton of us, but the ones that have been here have been race winners, and, you know, they've been uh, contenders week in and week out, year in and year out, and I, I wanted to, to maintain that, you know, record for Canada and not be the guy that let us down, you know, and so to have uh, drawn even with all those guys now is, is an honor, and, uh, and hopefully we can start chasing down PT, which I know will be a little bit of an ask. He's got quite a few, but... Uh, but uh, hopefully it's not the last for us. Right side down here in front row. Hey, James, a uh, couple questions. First of all, uh, when you had the restart towards the end, Ryan Hunter Ray, you had pulled out like three seconds, and all of a sudden, a few laps later, he was closing within a second. How concerned were you at that point? And then is this the biggest race win of your career? Um, I, I mean, whenever Ryan Hunter Ray is behind you, especially at Long Beach, you got to be worried. Uh, I've had some good battles with Ryan here, actually, in the past, and we knew that we had the advantage being on blacks. Uh, when he started closing the gap, he was getting pretty trigger happy with the overtake. So I wasn't too, too worried about it. We had a little more than he did at that point anyway. Um, we were just trying to make sure the Reds were, were going to hang on. So I was doing my best to try and maintain that gap. The team was kind of keeping me apprised of when he was on the button and what the gap was. And the, the big thing I was thinking was I didn't want to burn my Reds out in case there was another caution. Lo and behold, one came out. So uh, it ended up being the right call, and it, it sucks that it came at you know at the cost of Ryan because I think it could have been a good little battle there at the end. Oh, uh, sorry, yeah, part two. Um, and yeah, and you know what? It's it's tough. It, it's tough to beat the first win, certainly. Um, but in, if you were to, like I said before, rate the tracks of the ones you want to win the most, this one definitely ranks higher. So this is uh, this is certainly as big, you know, for me as as St. Pete, maybe. Uh, little less special just because you never forget that first but in a lot of ways because the team did everything right you know we did everything we had to on track and uh and it's long beach man so it feels really good saint peach saint pete saint peach long beach nola brazil they're all coming early in the season you're gonna have to win one after indy right well i won iowa that was after indy okay you got you, you know, got one i there. mean texas was after indy and it was really really after indy when it actually finished and that was close it was close it was close but you're right. We should, you're right. You know, now that you say that, we should. We'll, we'll win a couple more. Bruce here to finish up. Thinking all the way back to NOLA, that was such a bizarre, strange race. I think there were only six green flag laps the entire day. <laughs> you really kind of pulled a rabbit out of the hat to win that one. This one, you were the rabbit in a lot of respects. So just how much more satisfying is it to just go out there and 
get a victory like this today. Oh yeah, I mean, winning winning like this means so much more than than uh, than wins like Nola. But at the same time, you take wins like Nola because I've lost way more races because of situations like that than I've won. And you know, I, I <laughs> I've when I watched the race in Nola afterwards. I thought, yeah, you were maybe celebrating a little bit too much for a guy that <laughs> pitted on lap 13 and won the race somehow, you know. But um, but you got You got to take them, man. This series is so competitive, and like I said, we've had we've had a lot of wins ripped away from us for uh, for a lot less, a lot w less weird circumstances, you know. So uh, as much as winning is nice, earning it like this definitely feels a lot better. Congratulations, James. Don't be a stranger. Thank you so much.